Welcome back to the Final Shot Podcast. Today, my guest is my favorite guest of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Steve the Dragon Claggett. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> you've, you've been on the show so many times, and I don't know if I've had you or Adam Braidwood on more. I'm not too sure, but uh, you're hands down my favorite guest to have on. I like to talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we get into anything in depth, let's let's thank our sponsors. Yeah. Your sponsor is Perfect Sport. Perfect Sports, yes, sir. And they are probably, I mean, this has been the best sponsorship I ever worked with. And now they're expanding, they're growing, and look at look at the scene. So shout out to Perfect Sports. They make the best protein powder on the planet, diesel. It's that New Zealand isolate whey. It's fantastic. Doesn't make you bloated. They've got yeah. the the uh, the BCAAs. What are they called? Something clear. Yeah, hyperclear. Hyperclear. Yeah. I use them every day. I put them in my water because I don't like the taste of water because it tastes like nothing. Right. So <laughs> I put the BCAAs. I use the fuzzy peach ones, and there's a, a yeah, Bree. They all taste amazing. Yeah, so good. Bree Howling got me on the uh, the pineapple one. Right. Your screen Man, is frozen. All, yeah, all, all of them are like, it's like a, a summer drink or it's like, a, it, I don't know, it tastes like it's bad for you, but it's good, you know? So it's win-win. Yeah, something good's not supposed to, or something bad, or something good for you is not supposed to taste that good. Yes. I'll tell you something I, I tried new from Perfect Sport and it's called Onset. Right, the brain fuel. Yeah, the nootropic brain fuel. I like it. Yeah, you find good effects. I, I love that kind of stuff because you really get uh, clear mind, cognitive function. You, you're sharp. You can go before you take tests or do anything yeah. with like, uh, you know, your analytical performance is required. You take something like that and you really show up. And I mean, it's not you're not cheating or anything. You're just dialing in. You know, that remember that movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper where they take that pill yeah, and they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the limitless pill is onset. That's me, yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe their their website's perfectsport.com. Go check them out. Do you have a promo code, Steve, or no? No, but we're gonna get one. one. We we talked about it. We're gonna get one. <laughs> um, my sponsors: USG Canada, TKO Beards, on it. If you're not on it, get on it at onit.com forward slash TFS podcast. Who else we got? We got Sovereign Extracts. Uh, flashlight for you freaks out there. We got flashlights. I'm going to do a flashlight giveaway here soon. I uh, trust me. It won't be used, but, uh, go to Linktree forward slash the final shop podcast. You'll find all my promo codes, direct links to the websites, and you can make your purchases. That's the fast way to get through the sponsors. And then I don't get in shit. Nice. Beautiful. Look at this. Who showed up? This is, this is my daughter's cat beastie. What is what is his name? Beastie. Beastie. <laughs> yeah, Beastie. Nice. You're funny cat. But uh, Steve, you just fought. You fought Matthew G. Time Germain. Um, didn't yeah. go your way. Nope. What do you, What do you feel happened? Well, I'm pissed because <laughs> I well right off the bat I don't want to make any excuses. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying anything because. Matthew fought a great fight. They had a great game plan. They had a great strategy. They, he, he exposed my weaknesses. He, he 
did certain things, moved certain ways at certain times. He, he flurried, he clinched, he did, he smothered me. He did, he fought well. They had a good game plan. So me, I was one dimensional. I fought one pace, one thing, one style, one. Yeah. I just jabbed. I just jabbed in, try and work in, try for some shots to the body, but I never got anything flowing because I didn't know what I was looking for. And I just, uh, I couldn't dial it in on the fight. Now, what that tells me is I need to make some adjustments for, uh, you got to have a game plan. You got to have a strategy, which means it's time for me to get an official trainer yeah. and get to work. Yeah. And it's just, I, I've already, I've known this for a long time. I just, you know, sometimes it slaps you in the face and then you've got to make changes. I remember in the last podcast we talked and I, and you said, no head trainer. You had a collective group. You had kind of like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that we're gonna you're gonna vote. We're gonna see what happens. Now I didn't want to tell you on that fucking show. But it was a terrible idea. Hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I get where you are geographically and and what's gone on in the past little while. It probably wasn't going to be the easiest thing on the planet to get it at home. Yeah, because I did the best that I could with the options that I had. Mm-hmm. So the 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 band of, of team and like minded motivated individuals, we were able to do lots with our you know, but the problem is when everyone comes from different fields and helps me with the boxing match, yeah. after the boxing match everybody goes back to their lives. Yeah. Whereas my life is boxing, right? That that that's what I do. So I need to be involved with a trainer and a team who is 100% boxing. And, I mean, this is what I was saying. I have some things to tell you. I'm going to Montreal for July. Yes. I'm going to be in Montreal all of July just to test the waters, and I want to get to work. And I'm going to train with Mike Moffa, and I'm going to see how we connect and see how we can get – he's a boxing – like, he's obsessed with the game like I am. Yeah. So I can't wait to work. I just want to be in the scene. I want to be around it. I want to be somewhere where there's a bunch of fighters. And um, you know what? Mike told me one of the best things that a fighter, only a fighter would like to hear. He said, I got, I got 20 fighters that want to take your head off in your weight class. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I sign me up. Sign me up because that's exactly what I want. That's exactly, exactly what I need. It's time work so this is what i'm doing this is this is the greatest decision you've made in your whole boxing career i've made a few <laughs> this is the, this is the greatest one man i'm super excited because we talked a year and a half ago about this exact thing right picking up yep. like I, i'm not saying steve you got to pick up and move your whole life there but you could pull what ryan ford does and i think would benefit you greatly well what does what do the head uh, what do the top fighters do? They go and train with, you know, uh, Robert Garcia and Oxnard for mm-hmm. the eight weeks of camp, or they go and train with Freddie Roach and uh, Hollywood for the eight weeks of camp, or they, so they go away to training camp. That this doesn't mean that I don't train here at home in home base and yeah. do my thing and stay as sharp as I can be. But what it does mean is that I go and lock in, do the whole camp there, really get my mind wrapped into it. I think it's perfect. I think it's really perfect. I think there's something to be said for that because uh, Ryan Ford, a mutual friend that we have, um, yeah, he does this. He he trains at home at his gym, Wolfhouse, 
with Parwes, and then he packs up for eight weeks and he goes to Montreal and trains trains with uh, Jesse Thompson. Yep. But he's away from everything that makes him comfortable, right? His wife's not there, his kid's not there, his bed's not there, his house isn't there. He he's going into a place where he's uncomfortable. And, and... Well, this is part of the. That's definitely part of the aspect, I believe, the mm. mental side of it, because that that is not what an old an old school fighter would always tell you that. Lock in, go away from your family, get uncomfortable, be yeah. comfortable being uncomfortable, and then you get this kind of animalistic thing where you get isolated and you go into war mode. Exactly. And honestly, I've had great performances when I when I did training camps like that. Yeah. So this is different. I mean, I'm not. It's not exactly the same because I'm going into a great spot now, and I'm advancing, and I'm working with a bunch of other fighters and stuff. But for me, I'm treating it like that. So I'm just trying to take in as much as I can, improve as much as I can. It, it's perfect. I love it. I, th- I think um, the next version that we're going to see is going to be the best one, hands down. Yeah, hands down. Well, well here's the thing. I mean, I'll just have fi- a hundred fights. <laughs> Like, I, I, used to, I used to always be so scared. Like, if you lose, then you're screwed and everything. Not really. You can just fight again. You just fight again. And then the whole undefeated thing came around for a while. And um, shout out to Floyd. That was great. But yeah. you can't – not everyone can keep it up. And you know no. what? What? When you lose, are you just going to quit because it's over? Well, why did you invest your whole life into it then? You better give it a second chance. You better give it a third. You better give it a seventh. Well, so I, I it just it, it is what it is, right? The the mystique of the undefeated record is starting to leave here, kind of slowly, right? Um, you get a different fighter when you get a guy that loses, because you know what it's like, and you don't want it to happen again. And sometimes it happens that. again. Sometimes it happens seven times. Sometimes it happens twenty times. Hey, you're a battle-tested veteran, though. So um, yeah. I remember Vlad used to say to me, we'll trade you n- nine of our uh, undefeated soldiers for one of yours. Exactly. Who's defeated, who's been to battle, who's seen it. And, and that, that's like you want someone with the experience. And I can't go backwards. So I wish I could take it back and have no losses, but I can't. You can't. So guess what? I'll just even it out. It doesn't matter because as long as you're putting on good fights, as long as you're – improving every time come out better every time put on a different show it, it it's like a different opponent it's a new new battle new fight it, it's just it's entertainment and that's the game and now I, i've you know it sucks because i always wanted it one way but when things don't work out how do you handle it and i think this is part of the game of boxing too so i'll just keep going forever and we'll, we'll see we'll see who ends up in the end because i'm fighting for a living and i'm happy about it mm-hmm. and i get to keep fighting for a living and i mean all things considered everything is pretty good i just want to improve so i gotta make the adjustments now i'm, I'm ready to improve so that's what i'm gonna do well you got tons of time left when people look at your record they're probably going to expect you to be like 38 years old <laughs> right, that's the thing. I started early, so you know that's what I'm saying. I'll just have a hundred fights, like, I, I, even like I, I'm made of a weird material or something. Because even after the last fight, I was ready to go. I was back in the gym. I go straight back to work, and that's where one it tells me, yeah, I have endurance, I have durability, and I'm strong. I'm you know I'm built well because I've trained for so long. It's like my body has adapted to do it. But then two, I didn't let it all go. 
that's the worst feeling in the world because I didn't let it all go. And that's a mental hurdle that as a fighter, you need to be able to jump. You have to practice letting everything go. And at the end of the fight, you got nothing left because you gave it everything. And if you feel like you could go like a couple more rounds, well, then you didn't. And that's where I fell short. And that's a hard pill to swallow because I was trying to not do that. You know what I mean? But things happen fast and the game doesn't give second chances. So here I am bouncing back, make adjustments, and we'll see what happens next time because I I got a good idea of what it's going to look like. All right, well, let's run through the actual fight itself a little bit because I had to watch it a bunch of times because I'm super biased. And Mm. when my buddies are fighting, I'm always looking for the things that you're doing right and not exactly what your opponent's doing right or or what they're beating you at. And I had to watch it probably four or five times and and actually sit there and be like, okay, it's not Steve fighting, it's G-Times fighting some guy. Yeah, it wasn't fighting very well, and I mean that's it wasn't that no, bad. No, but I okay. Here's here's how I fought. I rushed in. I went back to old habits. I only single jab the entire time, the entire camp. I had a strategy, a plan to box and move, and I went out there and I fought with instinct, and I fell back into old habits immediately. Mm. And it was probably because I was juggling so many decisions to make that I got in the ring and I was fried. I don't even remember anything. Yeah, and this sucks, but this is what it a team is for to help you carry the weight. And my guys, Declan and Bree was fighting on the same card. Like they did what they could, but I'm missing some pieces on top of that. So, you know, we tried our best and now we're, now we're going to do it right. But I don't know. I felt like I I was only, I was fighting on autopilot and that's something that happens when you don't have a game plan. You don't have a strategy. I just went out there, jab and move and tried to press the action. My whole Game plan was not to do that this time, but guess what? Have old habits run deep, and, and <laughs> shit happens when you got adrenaline flowing through you. I was expecting to see you storm across the ring and do your normal jab right off the hop and crack him in the head. I was expecting that because that's—I right. think that's a fantastic game plan. Go over, let him know what's up. But then I was expecting some lateral movement. Yeah, I, honestly, well, here's the other thing. This I know is so pumped with adrenaline. I don't remember it. I don't know what the fuck I did. I, 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 I watched the fight once. I couldn't even watch it. I, I, I'm just embarrassed of it. I don't want to see it. But I, I just know that I came out and I jabbed, and that's it. I didn't let any of my punches go. I didn't get in. I didn't, I didn't have combinations that I wanted to throw, and that's something that's very important going into a fight. You have to have... Combinations, not ones that you just thought of right then. Combinations that you've worked and embedded and put into your muscle memory. Like you have been doing that. You instinctively know what to do because you've planned it strategically to your specific opponent and his habits and his style and his movements. Now, I didn't have any of that, but Matthew did. Yeah. And then I started catching it when he's when he lands. He lands a quick shot, time me out. Tie me up on the close uh, on the close side where I'm always stepping the one way. So it's just, yeah, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to go back and like even decipher because I can see it so clearly. But in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking like that. Yeah, he he did a very good job of kind of letting you pop off and then come yeah. back with four punches. Yeah, he threw combinations. It was it was good. Jam me up. And then took the angle or created space again. And yeah. it was a great strategy. And that that's 
credit to their team with a with a good game plan because that's it is what it is. Now, mind you, on top of all of this, the fight was very close. Yeah, oh the yeah, the fight was so close. Like, I I pushed him back the whole fight. I landed the jab all night. I had him bleeding for more than one round. I, I stayed on him. I pushed him. Like in California, debatably, I win that fight by split decision. Yeah. Maybe you know, in in Texas, <laughs> I, I win that fight. But so it, it's just it's a matter of opinion. But you can't have it be that close. Well, and that's just kind of part of the game. I had people message me, and I'm like, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah, but I, great. My, I'm my own hardest critic, though, and I hated it because I didn't think consciously what I was trying to do. I didn't work through my game plan because I was just fighting on instinct, and that's like a terrible feeling to have as a fighter. Well, the worst judge is always going to be yourself, right? Because you know what you want to do. And yeah. If you didn't execute, obviously you're going to be hard on yourself. But okay. as a, as a whole, when you watch the fight, it's not that bad. It's super entertaining. It's a good hey, fight. One, one judge had it seventy nine, seventy or what is it, seventy eight, seventy two for yeah. me. Yeah. It, so, so how like <laughs> this is where the pressure style like what do you give points to? He didn't land a single punch that hurt me or pushed me back or stopped me or slowed me down or got a reaction. So it's tough. It's tough. But, you know, you could say he scored more if it was a count. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't bleeding and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't running and I was ready to engage. But this is where you can't have it be that close. And you can't fall into instincts where myself, I went back into just fighting. Just push the pace, fight, inside fight. That's it. But I have so many more skills than that. I, I should exercise them. So I need to find out how to. But when you go back to the first fight, and I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay this into something else very quickly, but when you go back to the first fight and you watch the first fight, you very clearly won that fight. It was very clear. Yeah. Um, but you're signed to Eye of the Tiger, but you're still considered a Western Canadian fighter coming over to Quebec, right? And that makes it hard because when you're in this four aces tournament and you're competing against Quebec guys, i.e., G Time, Ulysses, and Teru. Yeah. You're still the outsider coming in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But this, I knew what it was when I signed up for it. So I'm not worried about it. It is what it is. And the game's not easy. So I will get better. Simple and plain. It, it is what it is. Um, a lot of people are asking, what's next? What do you want to do next? I just want to fight. I, I, this is where this is where I'm an old school fighter. I'm an old school fighter. I would love to fight again now. I would love to fight again next month. I would love to fight it. Like, let me just rack them up, and mm-hmm. then we'll we'll see. Because I don't know what happens next. I don't know what um, the plan is with the tournament. I don't know. Everything's up in the air. It seems, I, and the world's just in disorder. So I can't tell even what's coming next week. Which means I need to be adaptable, which is a good skill for a fighter to have anyway. So I'm just ready to fight. But I'm ready to fight anyone in the world. And if it's one of the top ten guys, give me a ten-week camp and then let's do it. Well, I spoke with Manny Montreal about this situation because either way you look at it, this four aces tournament has to get wrapped up. We got to right. find out who the best one is. Um, right. 
Ulysses versus G time was very clear. Yeah. It, running that one back doesn't make any sense at this point. Nope. Um, Ulysses hasn't fought Teru. Right. Those two probably are going to have to figure it out if Teru wants to still fight and if he wants right. to compete in the tournament. I and don't know. G time, and then the winners fight each other. That's what we're saying. We think it's it's Ulysses versus Teru, uh, the Dragon versus G time number three. Let's figure yes. it out. Let's do it. That's what that's what me and Manny would like to see, and we're gonna we're gonna really push for it. Let's do it because I, I think and that's that wraps uh, it wraps up the tournament. It makes it official. It it's um, you know it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, it, and then. Honestly, I think I won the first fight too. So, <laughs> and even this last fight is so close. Like, nobody won that fight. That that's the issue. Nobody won that fight. And, and then again, I pushed him back. I had him bleeding. I I landed more jabs. He didn't land anything of note. And then it's just a matter of points, but debatably because I landed quite a few points as well. It's just we could do it again, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a. Uh, that wouldn't be a disappointment. I would love to do it again. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that go into getting ready for a fight. And the personal things do affect it. You had some extenuating circumstances that were going into that fight, which are, which we talked about. We don't need to talk about it. But they're shitty. Right. And uh, I don't know how you're supposed to climb into a ring and perform the best you can when the things that happened, happened. It's shitty. Yeah, well, the, you can't. But it's it's so I've learned over a lifetime of boxing. It's not about what's going on. It's about how you perform when you step in the ring. Because yeah. if even like, I'll just give you like a bad example. This is like a really negative example. But I had a friend of mine from down south who lost a, a family member the week of the fight. Yeah. And then even myself, I think I lost a family member the week before a fight. I remember and that. I, I was at your gym. Yeah. And then it's like, it's heart-wrenching. But there's always, like, unless it's a physical thing, you can channel that mental energy into your reason for living right now. Yeah. Because that's what I did whenever I did it successfully. That's what I use. I think about my grandpa every day, and I train as hard as I can because I, I'm not letting him down. And I'm do and I won that fight, and that was one of the hardest fights of my life. Yeah. And I put it all on the line, and I wanted it, and that's what wins fights. When you put it all your heart into your training camp, and you see it all the way through. Now, it does take unison. It takes a team of individuals. You gotta you gotta do it together because this is not an individual sport. To the point of, you know, having a gym and a trainer. It's not an individual sport. You think it is, but it isn't. No, it's not. Te so very team-oriented. Team exactly. And then you, as the individual, the fighter, you have to be able to handle whatever is going on, all the circumstances, and do your job when you step in the ring. Yep, 100%. Regardless. I'll say, I'll say on, the, on the night you stepped in and you did do your job. Might yeah. not have got the, the outcome that was appealing, but... You I did yeah, I didn't do it how I wanted to do it. I'll tell you that much. But it's crazy when your brain, your body takes over your brain. Mm -hmm. It's a weird thing. It's a really weird thing. But this is the, the human body, human mind is a is forever. So I'm still working on figuring it out how to how to perform to my actual abilities instead of falling into old habits. Yeah. 
Well, let's move on from this fight, and then we'll circle back to it, and we'll try to hype up something at the end of the show for the next fight. But uh, we had some fun things. I- I'm going to... I'm going to say that they're fun things that go on this past weekend. Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Right. In a exhibition match, which is, is exactly what it should have been called. Right. And uh, we shouldn't call it boxing. We should call it um, entertainment Spine. entertainment sports. Yeah. Yes, that's what we're going to call it, entertainment sports. Yeah. Now, Floyd Mayweather has been getting a ton of hate on the internet. Uh, about how he's 50 and one or he didn't win the fight because Logan Paul lasted the eight rounds. But let's just do some real quick math. We got a guy that's probably 165 pounds, like on a, on a heavy day. He ate McDonald's. Let's just call him 150 <laughs> against a guy that cut weight to make 190 pounds. Yeah, he's way, he's massive in comparison. And this, but all the opinions don't matter because in this game, the only thing that matters is the result that happened. Yeah. And so Floyd is laughing his way to the bank because he did what he told everyone he's going to do. Everyone signed up to accept what he was doing, and now they're complaining about what he did. <laughs> just like It's just insanity to me. It's an, an exhibition, so nobody wins. Yep. Nobody wins the fight. People say, oh, he won, he lost. Nobody wins. That's the whole point of it. Second, d- like he was toying around – but he was playing it safe because the guy's huge and they're boxing with no headgear. Yeah. So you can't mess around with that. I don't know what size gloves they 12, were. But 12 ounce. 12. Yeah, so they're small gloves. They're not huge. They're not tiny, but they're right there. And then, like, they're not. The, they're, just, they're also not the 8-ounce gloves that Floyd's used to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, tw- he's got a little extra padding. Yeah, there's a little extra padding in there. But realistically, is is Floyd Mayweather with a little bit of extra padding in his glove, where he had a hard time knocking out opponents at his own weight class with eight ounce gloves, going to be able to knock out a guy that's two hundred pounds? No, the only way is to chip him down, break him down, and invest in the body and deplete his gas tanks that he folds on that exhaustion, in addition to the punches. But he didn't. He doesn't have to. That's the thing that people keep signing up for that they don't realize that they're signing up for. He never said that it's a guaranteed knockout. He just said he's going to beat him. And that's what Floyd's been running that game his whole life. And he's killing it. And everybody keeps signing up for it and not like they want him. It, that seems to be the um, self fulfilling prophecy because it goes around and around. And the <laughs> fact that they want him to do this, they know he's not going to do it. And then he doesn't do it. And then they, the next fight comes around. He's talking this, and it's going to do it again. They expect this, but it's expectations. You can't do that. You got to just look. What, I learned that a long time ago in boxing. You can't listen to expectations. You can't expect anything. You see what's on the dotted line, you stick to it. And everything else is extras. You, you, you do what's on the dotted line. As an opponent, I learned this one. Do what's on the dotted line. You don't have to do that extra stuff. And I hate – I'm not trying to start nothing here, but – <laughs> if they are being, you got to go here, you got to do this, you got to do this, you have to take a cab and do this and get this and you have this appointment and, and they're trying to mess you around. Yeah. No, I have to do what's in the contract. Talk to my manager, guys. Exactly. It's, it's a smart way of dealing with it and legally you're in the right. It's just people will take advantage of you if you're naive. 
So we have these so-called boxing experts like Brendan Schaub, who's an MMA fighter, not a boxing expert, but but spouting out, spouting off on the internet that we need to give Logan Paul his respect now. That he, that he looked like a boxer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why why the boxing community needs to give Logan Paul respect for competing in an exhibition fight that's not necessarily a real fight. No, DC Tyson says I need him to fight Badu Jack. That's who he needs to fight next. Yeah. Like Zab Zab's on the Zab's like fight Badu. No, come on. He's like, fight. <laughs> he'll be killed like you can see he's just thinking it but he's buddies with uh those guys so he doesn't want to so chirp hard but i don't know man those guys are not they're not it's a different game you can hop into the game and you can, this is the amateur they're amateur fighters and they would yeah. do you know they could build up in the amateurs you could turn pro against you know mediocre opposition and build up in the pros as well if you had the financial backing which he does so you never know which route or which path he's going to take. But just because you box for two, three years doesn't mean that you're a fighter. No. Uh, Logan Paul kind of took to the internet and called out Mike Tyson because Mike had said that Floyd was going to kill him. Now, Called him out? He called out Mike? <laughs> that's a bad idea. Mike's 54 years old, but he'll beat the brakes off that guy. Of course, but Mike's nice now, so he's not going to kill him. He's not going to even spar him, I don't think. Well, we, do, we don't spar. know that. Like, we've seen Mike throw some heavy body shots to Roy Jones Jr. You, you kind of caught caught some glimpses of old Mike Tyson in that. Oh, yeah. In hey, that the muscle memory, I believe you have it, and you keep it so long as you exercise it. He remembers how to throw those, especially when you've done that movement so many times. Yeah. You'll have that for the rest of your life. Yeah, like if if Mike Tyson catches Logan Paul with knock his ass out. Oh my God! With one of those patented hooks, he'll knock his ass out. He dead man walking. <laughs> and you and you think if Logan Paul hits Mike Tyson hard enough to piss him off that you're not going to see that guy come out? Yeah, because even if he landed on Mike, he. He couldn't hurt him. He couldn't, like... No, no. He'd land on Mike, tuck his chin, take it on the forehead, just fucking come at him. It wouldn't do anything <laughs> to him. And that, that's a di- but that's a big thing about being a fighter. That, the ability to take a punch. Because, yeah. okay, in my fights, you'll see me take crazy punches, kind of. Not really. But not that. Because I, I know how to... Like, is there a reason that I come out of a fight never having a scratch? And it's subtle defense. It's good. It comes from lots and lots of sparring. It's not the best from the judge's standpoint no. because the punches still connect. Yeah. So I get outpointed in, in certain situations like the other week. But at the same time, I'm taking no damage. That's why I'm saying 100 fight veteran. That's yeah. why I'm going for it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think there's an art also to teaching the kids and the younger generation, don't take damage. Floyd was always saying it. All the best fighters are saying it. You don't want to be damaged after the game. Just no. make sure to keep your defense tight. Learn how to roll with shots. Don't take full impact. Even if it punches, even if it connects, but it you take all the steam off of it, yeah. you do yourself a favor. Uh, in, in some other fun news that goes along with uh, with Logan Paul's brother, Jake, has signed a Showtime. I saw that. So they signed a legit boxing 
organization, and now what? They're gonna fight boxers, or they're gonna fight so journeyman? They're gonna. Their Logan Paul's first fight under the Showtime banner is gonna be against former UFC one seventy pound champion Tyron Woodley. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw this. I saw this. Tyron Woodley, and everyone's everyone's like, Tyron, don't let us down, man. You gotta <laughs> knock this guy out. Well, Tyron Woodley's not Ben Askren. I know. Ty- Tyron Woodley is, is yeah. a bad motherfucker. Yeah. He's a street dude, man. Like, So he's probably, in all reality, going to knock his ass out. Hopefully. The thing, the thing is that it's not about how well you can punch. So this is something. Uh-oh. Your sound went away, Steve. Your sound left us. I don't know what happened. There we go. We're back. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's not about just doing the offense. You have to have defense. You have to be able to adapt. Like when someone's, yeah, I can throw a million punches, but what about when a million punches are thrown at me? Exactly. How is my movement on the real time? Not just how is my movement when I'm doing drills or pad work or you have to kind of recreate realistic situations in your training, in the gym, and you need to have that quick twitch because that's how you get used to someone punching at you. And then with exactly. a lifetime of fighting like Tyrone Woodley has, he knows what it's like. He's not going to flinch or fold or, you know, he's not going to, that's not going to happen. And then with Jake Paul, he's going to be tense. And he, you know, if he faints him for the first round and tires him out and just skates and moves and makes a miss, might be easy work like that, but you never know because maybe he wants to bang it out, maybe he wants to prove something. But the thing is, if you haven't taken the punches, it's hard to just figure it out in a couple of years. Well, the other thing we don't know is is actually if Jake Paul can box. We haven't seen yeah. him really fight anybody. We've seen him fight. Uh, Who did he fight? He fought the basketball dude. He fought a wrestler that can't throw a strike for his life. Yeah, And I think he fought a YouTuber. Yeah, so he's never been in there against a boxing-type guy. But no. Tyrone Woodley is not. Tyrone Woodley's trained trained boxing for years. At, yeah, uh, okay. Well, then he'll probably tax that ass. Like, he'll probably... <laughs> yeah, like, open. Yeah, then he should be... Because like, that's the thing, right? You know how it is. When you, when you have a fight, it's not just being able to be offensive. It's not just throwing punches. It's how do you react to the punches being thrown. The impact real time as hard as they can at your face exactly. what do you do how do you where do you put your head well how do you slip how do you dip do you keep your chin tucked do you interrupt them do you fire first do you slide back what do you do but when you haven't addressed that situation time and time and time again over a lifetime of combat sports it's still new to you yeah so that's what i'm saying if he if he fakes and faints him and just you know what i mean he just tires him out mentally like you see the floyd tactic all the time just stress the guy out, like fake him, fake him, fake him, keep distance, move the feet, fake him, fake him, jab. Like it's so taxing on your nervous system, adrenal system. It's just tiring. And then the guy's going to be dead, man. And then you just pick him apart, pick him yeah. apart. It's going to be very different when Tyron actually puts hands on him. Right. The guy hits like a Mack truck. There we go, too. So there's that, another piece. Very different. We're all hoping for the KO. <laughs> 
let's let's talk about a real boxing match that's going to happen, and that and there's a little bit of drama that goes on with this one too. It's um, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, number three. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very upset that this fight's happening. Really, I I, I, I wanted Anthony Joshua, man. Of course, of course, as did everyone. But Deontay Wilder kind of disappeared for a while and then popped out the gate, called for it. And then so long as it's in the contractual obligations, it has to be done. So they got to do it. And then I just, I just don't understand Wilder, man. I don't understand him. But he's very, I, I, it's very a, weird. It's a very weird situation. Not, he just comes out one side, then comes out the other. And now he's going to kill him and he's back to this thing. And like, I don't know, man. Just you got to be level-headed in the game, whether that's all the way bad or all the way, you know, uh, just a hard worker, or you have a split. Either one's yeah. good, but you can't be according. You can't be reacting. That's something. Always create, don't react. So you can't react to what's happening you to you in the game. Yeah. And then I feel like while there is when they, everyone's yelling at him right now, so he's going to do this and get even crazier. I don't know if that works. But then I, I also don't know what Tyson Fury's up to. We don't know. Uh, I, it's a. I really wanted the Anthony Joshua match, and then with all the stuff that Deontay was saying about the last fight, oh my, my legs were shot from my walkout, or he the loaded gloves, or the the improperly fitted gloves. <laughs> it kind of deserve a rematch. No, I don't. I think he should have to fight somebody else. Yeah, because you can't. You can't. You can't bitch and moan like I hate to like, but I, I it's different because I, I, yeah, I, I've been, I've been there. I've had to bounce back from tough spots. And you, at the time, your reality is these are all the things that are happening to me, but you have to go inside and be like, actually, this is what I need to do now. And I didn't like that at all. I didn't like all those excuses. I think that's not the sign of a true champion. But then again, how one how does one become a true champion? You got to go through something to beca- you got to find your way somehow. I think if he just had kept his mouth shut, said I want to get better, came back, came came back and, and and tried again, then we're all for it. But there was just too much. Like I thought he was having some kind of mental health issue. Yes, well, which also lead that it makes it very interesting for the rematch. I guess, but who comes out? Who's coming out now? Mind you, I, of course, I want to see the Joshua fight. Yeah, but I just I just had a feeling that it's not the time yet. I don't know why I felt that, but it's just not the time for that fight yet. And it, it's got some more hurdles and jumps to get through, and it'll be here soon. I don't know. Boxing's in a weird state right now because we've got the the entertainment combat sport going on, the entertainment right. sports, and they're kind of. They they say that they're bringing new eyes to the sport, but they're not really. They're just bringing YouTubers, like YouTube people watching YouTube guys fight. Well, the tricky part is, they, okay, so you're bringing so much money into the sport. Does that mean the, the fighters get paid more? No. Exactly. So this is where the fighters are getting the same purse as before, but as they claim, they're now every, everyone's coming in while the promoter's eating. But what about the other guys? And what about the guys on the floor and the ground level? That's why boxing is in desperate need of a, a league or a unison of sorts. Because yeah. then you'd have some balance to this madness. <laughs> like, it, And it just – it is what it is. But 
if you're not with a, a great promoter, you're in a tough spot. You're in a tough spot. And then now, I mean, shout out to my promoter, the greatest promoter. And you know yeah. what? I It is like, I'm in it. And I fought so hard to get here. And then when you're on the promotional side, things change because you have structure, you have routine. And if all of boxing had structure, had routine, you'd see way better fights. You'd see way better performances. You'd get better out of the fighters. But it's just not the way that's been ran. And everybody has so much power. And you got all the power. Why do you want to give it to everyone else? Well, then we got weird stuff going on with Triller where Snoop Dogg's on there smoking weed, dropping the end bomb, calling people bitches. And they're like, Yeah, that was that one was a bit of a mockery. Oh my <laughs> God. That was so, it was, I don't want to say it was embarrassing because it didn't embarrass me. But I'm watching, I'm like, What the fuck am I watching? Yeah. There's a slap fight. Yeah. We've got a comedian it's running not even around. Real. No. Can't you have a real one? You're having a boxing match. You can't have a real slap fight. What, what's going on? Yeah, and and then there's there was actually legitimate fights on there. Yeah, like real yeah. real boxing they, fights. Although one coverage. The the one guy wrecked it by faking something. I can't remember. I can't remember what yeah. it was. That sucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sucked. But like, there was real boxers on that on that undercard of a uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. Right. entertainment sports fight right so and then there's real tricky. boxing commentators yeah and it's tricky because it's such a mix of the two but they got to kind of pick a, a spot because the the commentators piss me off too because there's something that i don't know there's one of the two of the guys they just know nothing and then just joke they don't even talk about anything of relevance it's not even funny and that's why i'm like man just get these guys off get these jokers off the thing but <laughs> i felt but, I felt so bad for AC Slater, Mario Lopez, trying to rein everything in, and like he's a, he's a real, he's a boxing guy. He's a real boxing guy. He trains at yeah. fucking wild card. Yeah, and he's that's what I mean. He so there's a perfect kind of guy for the gig. Yeah, you know, there's lots of those. There's so many. Go to any gym and you'll find a guy who's better at oh. speaking about boxing than these yahoos. Uh, Snoop Dogg, pay me my two million to shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, you know exactly what they're trying to do. Just bring in kids. But the the thing is that in order, the goals, their aims off. That's why people aren't agreeing with it. Yeah. The goal is to bring in kids, to bring them into boxing. Yet at the same time, they have no focus on boxing or the sport of boxing or the art form or the skill sets or any of it. But it's just an entertainment thing. So what is it? It's hollow, mind you. If they had somebody with like some knowledge on the game you can tell people like here's what you're looking at yeah here's what is happening in the fight oh he like you know what i mean you can yeah you can talk and have fun and whatever because it's an entertainment broadcast but at the same time he's doing this because of that oh you see him landing the jab he's landing the jab or he's looking for the right hand like you talk about the fight and that's something that honestly has been going away in boxing for a long time and they need to get back to it Wow, they missed the mark on some stuff because there is a there's an entertainment sport out there and it's called WWE. Right. Their commentators take it very seriously. Yeah, it's a, what a what a paradox, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. We've got a, a, an entertainment sport going on, but the commentators are going just nuts. Oscar yeah. De La Hoya is on everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
me. And he's, it's not a, you're working, man. Come on. He, like, he, he's trying to promote a, an entertainment fight that he's going to do higher than Giraffe Pussy. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. I know. That's just sloppy, man. He's one of the greatest boxers of, of all time. But in in attached to a lot of the greatest boxers are some demons. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a real thing because a lot of combat athletes find themselves in combat because of mental, not <clears throat> disorders, but that little edge. There's something up there that you, you got to find peace, or you got to have the out, outlet, or you gotta you gotta have that vent. And when it doesn't go out this way, where the fuck is it gonna go? Probably out this way, which is not a good way. Yeah. And I worry about that for guys like Oscar and guys who are like retired from the game but dabble in you know substance. I'm a Delahoya fan, man. I loved Oscar back in the day. I just want to see him do good. Yeah, me too. But you can't be doing all the blow from Mexico. You can't be doing blow if you're <laughs> getting in shape. They don't go together. They no, don't go together. Can't. Let's let's steer away from these this these shenanigans, and we can talk about some <laughs> some some real world stuff that's going on in in my town. If you if you don't mind. Yeah, what's up? So the nice weather's out, and now the street art starts, right? Like, so what they do downtown for, I don't even know the proper word, but for the the homosexual people, they paint, right. a, they paint a rainbow crosswalk. Right. Now, vehicles are going to drive over top of this, and they're, we have a thing in Swift Current. It's a Facebook page called WTF Swift Current. Now, right. one of the homosexual people posted on there a picture of said crosswalk with somebody did a burnout on it. Okay. So now they're, whole, so, oh my God, 300 comments of fucking just people going nuts. Yeah. My, thought, my thoughts on it are, I don't give a flying fuck what you paint in the street. Go ahead. You can paint a damn unicorn there for all I care. I don't care. Right. But. What do you expect's gonna happen? Yeah, it's just that's a tough one because honestly, you just kind of in life, you got to take that L and just keep going. Like, don't worry about it. The more you worry about it, it becomes a fucking problem. Just paint over it. Yeah, fucking fix it. And like, more time. This is some another thing that I learned from boxing. I learned everything from boxing. When shit happens, you either cry and complain about it, or you start in the progress right away. Yeah. Someone did something and now they ruined this and now it's a hate crime and this and this and this. Okay, build it. And you can address, yes, you can find out who did it. I don't know. But like it's it's a tough one because you're arguing uh, like something in the past. It's not going to change, you know? So they, they put their, their flag down there. That's the big thing of what. I don't, I don't know what it is. But if you go into, like, let's say an NCAA football team locker room. The logo of the team is in the center of the room. Right. The players don't walk over the logo for just out of respect. Right. But you put this at a crosswalk. People are going to walk on it. I made the comment. Like, people are going to walk on it. People are going to put their cigarettes out crossing the street. Crosswalks get crossed. They're going to spit their gum on it. Like, they're going to spit on it. Yeah. But you're worried about somebody leaving a, a tread on there. Yeah, so it's well, it's just the way of the world right now. Make a fuss over something that I don't like so that everyone hears my opinion. So funny. 
And then, you know, and it sucks because everyone gets mad about stuff that they think that getting mad about stuff is going to cause this reaction. But really, it only gets you in a bad spot mentally. So you're getting mad about something. You're not going to change it. And now you're in a bad mood. So I've been learning, again, from the game that the, the quicker you can let it go, just... It does, oh, that person insulted me badly and said shit that I can't believe they ever said. Okay, now I'm going to go do that. You can't hold on to it. You can't hold on to that stuff. Steve, the- like, oh, okay, there's a tread mark on the, on the rainbow. So paint over it then. Yeah, just paint it again. Who cares? Who gives yeah. a shit? There, there was but a, the, fuss, the fuss is the insult, I guess. I guess there was a lady that commented on there. I'm so distraught right now. I just want to go cry. Like, why? So, well, here, hang on, hang on. <laughs> this is not. It's not that deep. Like, no. Just, like, just calm down. Like, don't, don't go to the <laughs> closet or anything. Fuck me. I, that was a bad fucking thing to say. Actually, I meant to say like to hang yourself. Like. Well, don't. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is that that's the issue that people have, though, is that they take it, they over empathize. You empathize for people to the point where it just it kills you. You're going to feel so bad about everyone else to the point where it affects you and damages your psychology and puts you in a negative state because you saw somebody else go through something bad. You have to be able to witness without internalizing. Have to. It's so weird. Like I just I don't understand it. If my logo for my podcast was on the street and somebody did a brake torque on it, I'd be I'd be flattered. Thank you for taking the time to wreck that because obviously I'm doing something right if you're hating on it. Yeah, my buddy and I used to always say high fives for haters. As soon as I, I remember when I was younger, I started getting like messages on Facebook. People just make fun of me or diss me or say some shit, and we're like, let's find a way to flip it. High fives for haters. Every time you get a hater, you're like, oh, and your buddy are like, fucking nice, man. Yeah. That, that means you're spreading the name. Thank you. Exactly. Um, so basically my message is to the, the gay community of Swift Current, just calm down. There's worse things going on in the world than a tire tread on your crosswalk. Right. Just paint it over, and then people who are tr- – don't fucking insult other people and do that shit either. Exactly. Like it's, it's too easy. Don't be inconsiderate to people and then just paint it over. It's okay. You'll be fine. So both. But the, the point they're missing here is the more you get upset about it, the more fuel it adds to the people that are actually doing it. Non-reactive is often the best answer. Exactly. When I used to get made fun of in high school, I'd say thank you. And the guy's like, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, <laughs> You don't Shit. give them anything to swing at. You don't exactly. give anything to swing at if you don't. You know what I mean. Next topic. We can get off this one because it's stupid. Um, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast today, and uh, he was talking to a lady that specializes in testosterone. Okay. And the topic of the conversation turned over to combat sports and uh, some Olympic stuff. Um, do you remember Fallon Fox? Yeah. So Fallon Fox was a male turned female who competed in female mixed martial arts and ended up just murking chicks. Yeah. Which it's going to happen. You got male chromosomes. I'm sorry. It's disgusting. Personally, that's my opinion. So what's happening now is in the Olympics, they're going to let a transgender compete in weightlifting 
as a female and was previously a male. It's stupid because feelings are one thing, but like science is another thing. Yes. So like your body is different and you can output more energy and force and you have more mass and density and you can lift more weights if you're a dude. That's how science works. And then it's just bullshit because people are crossing over. I don't know what, like, what do you gain from that? Especially like fighting that repulsive, man, repulsive. Give me like, there's, there's two walks for this, Steve, because the, the way they were trying to, to turn it was, is somebody going to get hurt? Well, in combat sports, yes, 100%. Yeah. In weightlifting, I'm still going to go with yes. Because there's, there, there's ladies that have put their whole life into, into uh, we'll say scientifically that they're, they're women because they were born a woman. They haven't changed anything. They've put their whole life into trying to get to this one moment where they get to go compete for their country. And let let's say that that this man turned yeah he's gonna hop over he's gonna hop over and and take the dream you can't you can't do that no because it's it's unfair according to nature and that's like man it's such a tricky topic because you can't play God no there's something that goes there I don't know what it is it's not my place I just I just don't think that and. Look at this. You can't be fighting women. How would you even gain from this as a man? Like, it just baffles me, honestly. But the weightlifting thing, again, because psychological damage is real damage. Yes. So, yeah, somebody who worked their whole life for it, and you're just going to come over and crush their dreams and take it? Like, the you just, that's unfair. It's not fair. So, mental damage is sometimes more detrimental than physical. Absolutely. So, physical damage you can recover from. As long as it's not gone too far where you're, you have a handicap. Right. But mental damage will, could sit with these ladies for the rest of their lives. Mental damage is the worst kind of damage. And now, mind you, it's, it's individual, it's situational, it's how you deal with it, it's how you cope, it's how you bounce back. But that's bullshit. <laughs> you can't come in and just steal no. this, this gold medal because that's not fair. And that's why I'm not for it. I don't like that stuff at all. So the, this isn't going to be popular with with transgender people or people that are non-binary, but it's scientifically proven that there's two genders. It's the same in the animal kingdom. It's the same in the insect kingdom. It's the same in the fucking goddamn fish kingdom. There's male and female. Were you born with it? Yes. It's yours. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but... And I don't care if people want to go out and change. If you want to be Caitlyn Jenner, I don't care. I go for it. I mean, yeah, I whatever a, makes you happy. I give a flying fuck. But don't you? argue the science and don't no. switch the world for you because you're you're making the change, right? So now you're the changed, which means that you have to adjust to the 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 world that the way it was. But you change, so you can't change and then tell the world to change with you. That's not fair. Exactly. That's not how things work. So change if you want. And then adjust to the the normal world, whatever you want to call it. Well, I, I kind of I had a conversation with a buddy today, and I, I was kind of I I made an analogy of when when foreign people move into a country, 
So they they can bring their belief they can bring their beliefs with them, right? But why do we as Canadians have to adopt those beliefs or not say something to you like Merry Christmas? No, you don't. Well, Vancouver, man, Vancouver is the most beautiful place on earth. In the summertime, you go there, and on Canada Day, everyone is every race that you've ever seen. Yep. And you know what? Everyone just does their own thing. Exactly. These guys are, are are Muslim. They're they're praying and they're doing their time of you know their rituals and this and this and this. These guys are Christian and they do their praying and they do their t- their rituals and and these and everyone comes together and it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't affect the other guys. Just let people do what they do. It's a, it's an internal job anyways. That's how it should be done. That's how it should be done. If I'm going through the Walmart checkout and there's a Muslim lady or gentleman helping me there and it's Christmas time, motherfucker, I'm saying Merry Christmas to you. It's not rude. It's not It's not meant to be rude. Here, hang on. <laughs> oh, shit. What happened? No, I'll be back. Dude, here's... I missed that last thing they said, by the way. Okay, so I, what I said is like... It's Christmas time and I'm going through the Walmart checkout and there's a Muslim or or somebody helping me that's not from Canada. I'm going to say Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, and and you know what? If it was Happy Hanukkah, I'd say Happy Hanukkah to them. Exactly. Just, I would say it to everyone because it's only a good thing. That's what I don't understand. People are so scared of the foreign that they think it's bad. But they're celebrating something. It's a great time. Be happy. So say, you know, to them and say to them and Merry Christmas and this and that. And I don't, I think people create a lot of conflict inside their head that doesn't need to be created because you don't need to change someone else's. Well, we lost sound again. Damn it. Why does this keep going out, Steve? Oh, we're we're moving to a, another section of the home. If for the people that are listening to the <laughs> to audio, there there we go. We're back. What happened? I don't know. I didn't even move. I was still sitting in the same spot. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> so, the ability to adapt is an important skill to have. We've we've never had this issue in your home before, Steve. That's why I don't know what was going on. You know what it is? It's it's just the boxing gods telling you, like, you got to get the fuck out of there. Go train in Montreal. Come Go back. to Montreal. <laughs> Come back. But anyway, uh, what I was getting around to with this story was there was a, a family mowed over in London, Ontario, um, which was seen, which was deemed as a hate crime. Right. Now, if we just didn't do this dumb shit and we all just could get along. I saw that. The, the, how, this, this, how repulsive is that? This crap wouldn't happen. And I just I don't understand why it needs to happen. Why do we need to run people over with vehicles? It is it an insecurity, an inferiority, or like what is it that causes one to hate another for the fact that they are different? I've never understood because me growing up multicultural, I'm half Chinese, I'm on the other side, it's like a mix. Yeah. I like everyone. I've always been friends with like even the first day I go to school. I remember I have I have my first friend is like Somalian. <laughs> my, my next my next friend is like 
Irish. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I just, I was raised with just everyone was this, everyone, everyone, like everyone's different colors. Everyone. I never understood. I never understood. And, and then if everyone could just, just fucking let go of it, stop worrying about it, just deal with everyone as if they were a person. How about that? And then you'll be fine. You get the same results. Better. So if I go through my genealogy, I'm, I'm part native, part Irish, and part English. Nice. But I'm Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Where are you from? Canada. Where were you born? Calgary. You're fucking Canadian. Exactly. All behind me, all the past. Now, it may affect my diet. It may affect the things I'm allergic to. It may affect my ability to tan. But short of that, I just I'm just a guy from Canada. And all the people... Like, that's the thing that I've never understood. I've never understood the bias or the hate for the unknown. Yeah. But I'm also in touch with self, and maybe that's the answer. The more in touch with self you are, the more you understand about yourself, the more you in turn understand what other people. And then you'll realize, oh, well, oh, he's just from there, and I'm just from here. Oh. Well, I got asked a couple months ago at work. I work with a bunch of Filipino people. And they're like, well, where are you from? I said, well, what do you mean? Like, well, what's your ethnicity? I was like, I'm fucking Canadian, man. Yeah. I, yeah. Know, I know where you're from. You were born in the Philippines. You're Filipino. Yeah. Not hard to tell. Even if you're mixed, even if you're mixed behind that. you see, And that's, that's, I think, what there should be a, a clean sweep at some point. Because everybody's going to be beige in the future anyways. Everyone's going to be mixed in all one color. Yeah. So there'll be a clean sweep at one point, and it'll only be locational. Okay. Which place did you come from? But when everyone looks the same, it won't matter anymore. So the prejudice will be dropped. Think about that. Exactly. When we're all fucking weird colors and we got no, we got no genitals and we fucking <laughs> we we don't need to defecate anymore and we we talk. Don't play through. nature. Don't play with God. Don't play God. Don't play with nature. I don't. I hate that stuff. I hate it. Yeah, there's some weird stuff coming down the pipe from Elon Musk wanting to put a, a chip in everybody's head so we we can telepathically talk to each other without having to use our our mouths anymore. There goes the sound again, Steve. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the sound here today. It's fucking weird. One second. There we go. Yes, sir. <laughs> is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, that's a good one, too, because you can use that in many aspects in life. It is what it is. I'm doing it. it Okay, let's wrap this fucking thing up. We've been going for over an hour anyway, and we're going to go down a weird rabbit hole here if I don't shut up. <laughs> Potentially. Um, let's uh, let's circle back to the fight. Um, we need the third one. It's got to happen. Let's do it again. So I don't know when the next event is or when they want you to fight again. Do you have a specific date? I'm ready next week. Okay, well, before we wrap it up, I did have fan questions come in for you because I did post that thing yesterday. So let's nice. answer those fairly quickly. Uh, I think they'll be easy ones for you to answer. Um, first one comes from Steve the Painter. Uh, what was the old Teofistus Silver Springs gym like? It was awesome. We were all in there like a, a gym family. 
and when you have a gym family, y'all work in unison. And um, when you when you guys are all working towards a similar goal, then we all come from different backgrounds. So you know we're different kinds of guys, but everyone collaborates well. So you exchange a lot of good info. I never saw that that perspective before because my guys always are like this, and like it was a really homey environment. And then. We developed a lot of the guys there. We developed a lot, and we had a lot of good times. That was a very, very good time in my life. That gym. Uh, next one was: What have you taken away from sharing the training room with Danny Garcia and Zab Judah? Um, okay, with Danny, I learned a lot. One of them being kind of your expectation is your reality. He saw it as it is. He he believes he's the best. He is the best because of it. He believes he's going to win, so he goes and does it. It's self-belief, and I saw it hands-on, live in the flesh, how much strength and power it has. If you work on that and you develop it and you believe in yourself and you obviously put the work in too, you can create this. And I was like, okay. So I learned a lot from Danny because his work ethic was great. His belief in self was astounding. And his routines and all these things. And I was like, I'm doing some of those. I'm, so I, I watched lots and I, I learned lots. He was doing strength and conditioning, but he, he always did just enough and saved for the, for the hard stuff. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was interesting. And then Zab was a, a lot about the sharpening. So he would get sharper every week, every week, and he'd be working on stuff, and it would just get so sh- – like he would be tight, sharp, like the punches would be right down the pipe. So you can't, you can't sleep on anything. You can't be not aware. You can't be losing focus for a second because it was so sharp. And I watched how he built incrementally this many rounds, now this many rounds, now this many rounds. So I watched how they escalate throughout camp, and I saw, okay, that's what a world champion does. So those those were two things I picked up from those guys. Next question is from Ryan Wagner, Nissan. If you guys right. are looking for a Nissan, hit up Ryan. At, uh, yeah, Ryan, my guy. <laughs> um, have you got lots of work in with his brother, Josh Wagner, and uh, how good is the Wags? I have had lots around with Wags over the last couple of years because we're always in different cities and stuff now, but we have some of the best sparring that I've had was with Wags. So here's one of the things that I, I love about the guy. The fact that when I went, okay, so let me bring it back a little bit. When I was at the Mayweather gym and I was sparring doghouse rules and we're sparring, we're sparring hard and guys have a point to prove and they want to get you and you don't know them. And they're a good fighter. So add that all up, and you're going to have some wars in there. Something that I picked up there and I watched and I witnessed was guys who were able to take it to a competitive level where they're shit-talking. Let's go, bitch. Boom, boom, boom. Talk this and do this. And I was like, man. like. And then after, you put it completely away, and you congrats, great fight. But you bring that dog out of you while you're – practicing while you're training and then you put it away after and go back to you, you know the the communal kind of s- society that you're in in the gym you're, yeah. you're, you're all sitting there your homies so wags is great for that because he can turn it on and turn it off he can we can go all out and then he reminded me of that so i owe wags a thank you because one time we were sparring not more than, more than once and he brought that out of me and we were fighting. We were talking shit. We were fighting while we were sparring. We were going hard. And then afterwards, <laughs> we're, we're best buds. And this ability to dial it in and dial, 
turn it on and turn it off, I guess, is very, very important to have. And this is a strength that comes when you have hundreds of fights like Wags has. And he, he revs the engine so he picks up the pace really quick. He's got fast hands. He's all around. He's got skills all around. But his mind is where he's best. And that, this is something that it's irreplaceable. So shout out to Wags, man. I, I just want to see him rise. Uh, next question is from Court S-A-M-U, whatever that means, or Count, Count, Count Samu. Uh, this one we've talked about a hundred times on the show. How did you get into boxing? I was a kid and I fought all the time uh, in the playground, in the school, in hockey. I mean, I was kind of allowed, but not really at that age. And then I just, I had one time when I, I had a fight go wrong in hockey and I, some guy got the best of me and I was just raging. And then my mom was like, this guy's going to throw a fit. So she put me into the boxing gym because I was already fighting at school. I was already doing fighting at, on the on the playground. And she's like, just do something. You're supposed to fight here. Do it. So I got put into it. And I practiced. I trained. I loved training hard. I loved digging down, finding what I was made of. And when I had my first fight ever, I guess that was when it solidified it for me because I had to go through everything. It was a hard, hard, hard first fight, but it was all worth it. And I realized the give for the get and that's why i fell in love with the game uh last question is from logan metcalf 05 when's the next fight logan we don't fucking know logan we're working on it buddy <laughs> we're working on it. i think it's gonna be man i'm ready for july honestly okay. i'm ready for july i will go and i'll fight in mexico i will fight in quebec i will fight in the states i will fight in bc Wherever they want me, I'm ready to go because I'm a fighter who thrives on activity and I'm going to show my work ethic out east and I'm going to show my readiness and how ready I am to go. And then we're going to go as soon as we can. And it doesn't matter who because when I'm at my best, put them in front of me and let's go. Steve, you got anything else you want to get off your chest today? Uh, Pretty much that was everything that I got. I mean, I said a lot of things. (laughs) Doctor, we covered a lot of topics today. We covered boxing. We covered transgenders. We covered the the gay community. Uh, a little bit of life, a little bit of uh, current affairs, a little bit of fight stuff. Yeah. All of the above. It's good. And you know what? This is the point. You should be able to talk about everything with everything. Openness of mind would relieve a lot of conflict and pressure in the world. People just be, who cares if someone has a different opinion from you? It's like, oh, I, my good friend's a transvestite. And you're like, well, I don't like trans. Or you could be like, okay. Cool, man. Look at that. Nobody was hurt. <laughs> oh, I, you know, like, you come from there. I come from here. Just everyone just chill out. Just take it for what it is and uh, get to the boxing gym because that's where everybody settles their differences. Exactly. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Eye of the Tiger, let's stop playing around. Let's get uh, the Dragon versus G-Time, number three. Let's do Ulysses versus Teru, the winner's fight for the for the for all the marbles at the very end of it. Let's get her going. Antonin, Camille, Emmanuel, let's make it happen. G-Time versus Dragon, three. And uh, let's thank Perfect Sports again. They make the best supplements on the planet, I think. Uh, actually, I know because I use it. Diesel. I use the HyperClear. I use the Onset. Fuck, they're Steve's sponsor and Bree Howling's sponsor. Tastes amazing. 
and the results are they they prove themselves. Look at my weight cuts. Been making too making making weight too easy, enjoying the whole way. Exactly. Steve, it's always a pleasure talking to you. You know I got your back. We're not playing around, guys. That's the final shot.